Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bib, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day. Please know you're always very welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. As we've come to now the first Sunday after Trinity, this is the first Sunday in that long green season. And as you'll see, the uh, section on the fore part of your bulletin there just inside the cover is updated with information about this time of the church year. Green being that color that signifies life and growth. And, of course, our life and growth is in Christ and his word and sacraments. So I'll direct your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin now, where we have a summary section on the readings for this day. When the beggar Lazarus died, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, for he was truly Abraham's seed. Like Abraham, he believed in the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. The name Lazarus means God is my help. The unnamed rich man, on the other hand, did not love and trust in God, for he evidently cared little for the beggar at his gate. And he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. He who loved and trusted in possessions and prestige died and was in the torments of Hades. Repentance and faith are worked only through Moses and the prophets, that is, the word of God, for it points us to Christ. Only through his death and resurrection are we brought the comfort of life everlasting. And we will be comforted with the promises of life everlasting as Christ comes to us in and under bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins as we receive the blessed sacrament of the altar this day. And in accord with Christ's word, he calls on all those communing to be united in their confession of the Christian faith. And therefore, we ask that all those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church in Missouri Synod being in good standing uh, in Christian life and faith. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3. As it begins on page 184, we now sing the first hymn. Oh, but before I forget, we do have a, a special addition to our service this day. We were, the congregation was gifted a beautiful mosaic from the Holy Land, and that will be blessed just prior to the prayer of the church, so that then after the service, we can find a suitable location for it to hang. Uh, so that it'll continually point us to Christ our Lord. It's a, a, a beautiful uh, piece of art, and I look forward to sharing that with you uh, when we come to that point in the service. All right, at this time, we'll now sing our first hymn. O oh God, the strength of all who trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because of the weakness of our mortal nature, we can do no good thing. Grant us your grace to keep your commandments that we may please you in both will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, 
Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 John chapter 4. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For, he, for he, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Gospel lesson before us sets up quite a contrast. The unnamed rich man has everything by worldly standards, wealth, fine food, fine clothing, and a home that is large and luxurious enough to have its own gate, something which would have been quite exceptional in the first century. Though we're not told of his fame or popularity with the people, it's not unwise to assume that he was well thought of. After all, rich and successful people tend to attract other people to themselves. It's just a truth of this world. On the other end of the spectrum is the beggar, Lazarus. He is a case study in human need. 
He was laid at the rich man's gate. And note the passive nature of that. He was laid. Someone brought him to be laid there. He was starving, desiring only the crumbs that would fall from the rich man's table. Lazarus is destitute, penniless, and in terrible health. Dogs gathered around him for the express purpose of licking his wounds. And yet when both died, the rich man goes to hell and Lazarus goes to heaven. So what gives? Well, it's really quite simple. Faith. Faith in the one true God. The way Jesus tells this story, it's unclear as to whether or not it's a parable or a true story. But parable or not, what matters most is what our Lord teaches us through these events. Lazarus had faith in Christ, the promised Savior who would come from Abraham's line, Abraham's seed. That is why his going to heaven is described as being carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man, on the other hand, trusted not in Christ, but in himself. Therefore, he goes to Hades, which is the Greek word for hell. The conversation that is had between Abraham and the rich man, it's both interesting and it's disturbing as well for many people. But let's listen to those details again. The rich man, in the midst of his fiery torment, lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. The reason why this conversation is both interesting and disturbing is because it takes place between someone who is in heaven and someone who is in hell. Nowhere else in Holy Scripture are we taught that this is how things will be once we die. In other words, nowhere else is it taught that those in heaven will be able to see those in hell, let alone talk with them. So what does this mean? Well, we cannot assume, based on this one section of Luke's Gospel, that those in heaven will be able to see those in hell. So then, what's the point? Well, Jesus tells us about the rich man and Lazarus in order to teach us about faith and where it comes from. Now, in the exchange between Abraham and the rich man, notice that the rich man, he is still interested in the comfort of his flesh. Also notice that the rich man presumes that Lazarus is still somehow a person he can command as though he is his servant. Interesting. Still thinking about himself. But let's turn our attention to Abraham and what he has to say. Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things, but now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. Abraham points out that the rich man had received his good things, in other words, that God blessed the rich man with all he had. Despite God's gracious blessings, the rich man still did not fear, love, and trust in God. Instead, the rich man trusted in something or someone else, very likely himself. It was unbelief that condemned the rich man to hell. Lazarus, on the other hand, he trusted in God despite all of the bad things he experienced in this fallen world. The tragedy in Lazarus's life was not proof that God hated him. Not at all. The tragedy in Lazarus' life was simply proof that this world is corrupted by sin and it is therefore filled with misery. The same is true for each and every one of us. If we experience any joy in this life at all, we ought to hit our knees and bless the Lord for his kindness 
and his mercy. Lazarus trusted in the one true God, the God of Abraham. The rich man rejected God, hence their eternal state after death. Now, upon hearing that Lazarus cannot cross to comfort him in any way, the rich man calls on Abraham to help his brothers. He says to him, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. It's good that the rich man desires the salvation of his brothers. This is what God desires for all people. That is why he sent his own son to be born in human flesh, to live, die, rise, and ascend for us. But pay attention to Abraham's response to the rich man's request. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Dear saints, Faith comes from the word of God. That is what Jesus is teaching us here. No spectacle of supernatural power can bring a person to faith. And by the way, Moses and the prophets, that's a shorthand way of saying the word of God. So if they do not hear and believe God's word, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. In St. Paul, he says much the same thing with different words in the book of Romans chapter 10. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Folks, the warning is clear. Don't be like the unbelieving rich man. All we have is from God. Apart from God, we would have nothing. He blesses us with our daily bread and all that that encompasses. This is made plain to us in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer and its meaning as we confess from the small catechism. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone even without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. And what is meant by daily bread? Well, daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Because of the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature, we're tempted to believe that all that we have is from ourselves. We are tempted to believe that each and every one of us, we're all self-made men. But even those who have pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps would have no self and no bootstraps were it not for the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Your body, soul, and reason these all come from God. Therefore, we pray that God will lead us to realize this and in humility, in repentant humility, give him the thanks and praise that are due his name. Dear saints, faith clings to God's word and the promises found therein. And God's word reveals that spiritually speaking, we are all like Lazarus. We are beggars. We cannot save ourselves we're totally and completely dependent on God's grace and mercy in Christ Jesus, our Lord. On our own, we're poor, miserable sinners, just as we confess at the beginning of every divine service, as is good, right, and fitting. We justly deserve God's present and eternal punishment, but God in love sent Jesus to take your place. Folks, this is what we all deserved, but Jesus took your place. 
the Son of God, left the perfect purity of heaven and came down on earth to be a beggar. During his earthly life, our Lord said of himself, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, came and became the beggar of beggars, despised by the world. He came to fulfill the law, perfectly loving God and his neighbors, and in doing so, he obeyed his Father's will, and for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, all so that he could buy you back from death, devil, and hell. As we heard last week, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And St. John continues in the very next verse saying, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Because of the love of God in Christ, your trespasses against God's law, his holy ten commandments, are forgiven. Because of the love of God in Christ, you are set free from Satan, no longer in bondage to him. In your baptism, God claimed you as his own. He took you from darkness and brought you into his marvelous light. And he's prepared a place for you in his everlasting paradise. Christ is risen, and you too shall rise. And until that day comes, that same risen Christ, he continues to speak to you in the way that he has chosen in his holy word. And both he and the Father have sent forth the Holy Spirit so that you will have faith and also a family of faith to live and to grow among. And by the way, God's family of faith is the Holy Christian Church, which we confess. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he'll raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. God be praised for his mercy towards sinful beggars like you and like me. And yet, he is not through with us yet. By the power of his spirit, our Lord Jesus continues to serve us here and now and unto eternity. That is why the worship service is called the divine service. For Christ himself comes down to us in humility to feed us his risen and ascended body and blood in and under bread and wine. Why? Why, why would he do such a thing? Because he loves you. Because he has promised to abide with you. We are beggars. This is true. But Christ seats us at his table as the royal sons and daughters of God. And by these humble means of bread and wine, we receive the feast of heavenly grace and love. And after we have been thus strengthened with his love and with his grace, he sends us out in joy to confess his name and to love our neighbors. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And so also St. John has told us we love because he first loved us. Thanks be to God for his perfect love in Christ, which casts out the fear of punishment. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the nations, that they would know Christ, the offspring promised to Abraham, in whom they are blessed and counted righteous, and that our loving Father would work in them the love that flows from his love alone. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all ministers of Christ's church, especially Lee, our district president, and Glenn, our circuit visitor, that they may proclaim diligently the faith once delivered to the saints, 
for all vacant congregations and all pastors considering calls, that the Lord would send forth laborers into his harvest and sustain those he has sent. And for those who work this weekend to prepare for our synod's convention, let us pray to the Lord. For Christ's abiding love to drive away all prejudice and hatred from our hearts, that we may truly show our love for him whom we have not seen by loving our brothers whom we do see. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For a right fear of the Lord and confident hope in his steadfast love, that his eye may be upon us to deliver our souls from death, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For perfection in God's love that we may not fear his condemnation, but have confidence in Christ for the day of judgment, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor who lie suffering at our gates, that the Lord God would keep us mindful of them, so that we may joyfully use our many rich and sumptuous blessings from his hand to feed their hunger and ease their burdens, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the White family, as they mourn the loss of Timothy, that our Lord would grant them strength in the days ahead and comfort them with his love in Christ Jesus. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in any need, especially Nathan Burmester, Michael Pete, John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful that we would not come to the altar seeking sumptuous earthly food, but that we would discern Christ's holy body and precious blood for the forgiveness of sins and receive it in the unity of a true confession. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we implore you to rule and govern our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we may not, like the rich man, hear your word in vain and become so devoted to things temporal that we forget things eternal. Grant that we may serve those who are in need readily and according to our ability, not defiling ourselves with carousing or pride. In trial and misfortune, O Lord, keep us from despair, and let us trust in your fatherly help and grace, that in faith and Christian patience we may overcome all things. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A handful of announcements as we go into our coming week. Uh, first of all, if you do have any questions about that beautiful mosaic that we have been gifted, uh, please uh, ask David Sharp. He'd be happy to tell you all about its origins and uh, uh, the nature of that beautiful art and the family that made it. And I'll, I'll save the rest for the conversation you'll have with him. But it's just beautiful. Just beautiful. We're excited to have that here. Um, also, uh, many of you may have heard that uh, Nathan Burmester uh, went into the hospital rather suddenly this week. And... Um, uh, I've been given an update from the Burmester family to share with you, and so I'll do that right now. Uh, as it says here, Nathan Burmester has emergency heart surgery last Monday morning to repair a tear in his aorta and replace his aortic valve. It lasted 17 hours. He is now at Research Hospital and continues to be in critical condition. We've seen God's power throughout this ordeal, and, and uh, prayer has gotten Nathan to this point, they say. He is responsive. Uh, the few times the sedation has been lightened, and we thank God for this. Please keep praying for Nathan, uh, as this will be a long journey for him and his family. So do please uh, continue in your prayer for Nathan and his family, and all for the Burmester family, as they uh, continue to take it a day at a time. Um, the Lord has indeed blessed them with uh, tremendous medical care uh, that they've had at Research Hospital. So we continue to uh, hold Nathan and all the family in prayer.
Uh, also, just this uh, coming week here, well, you know, honestly, I'll just point you to the, what we have here in the bulletin. Uh, don't forget we have a reunion Sunday. There's a fuller announcement there that's on June 25th. Uh, all the, the years are listed there whom we are going to be observing this year, so we pray that you'll be able to join us. Uh, also, if you're looking for the latest update on kind of anything going on in uh, our church, the sort of Lutheran community around us and within the Missouri Synod and more, uh, please check out the bulletin boards. They're loaded with all kinds of new stuff, so if you haven't looked at them for a while, please check those out. Uh, also coming up in August, uh, there's going to be a worship hel a conference held at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Topeka, Kansas. A gentleman whom I had the great pleasure of being in seminary with is going to be the keynote speaker, uh, speaker uh, Dr. Roberto Rojas. That's hard for me to not call him Robbie. That's what I always called him. Um, and he is just a fantastic teacher. Um, the theme will be fa faithful to the end. Uh, and it's $25, and that includes lunch. I mean, you can't beat that with a stick. So if you're looking for uh, a little more study in God's Word and some edification, uh, please see that on Saturday, August 19th from 8.30 to 4. That's at Topeka, Kansas, St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church. And please note that Theology on Tap is returning for June. The dates and times are listed there in the bulletin. Um, and we also have great joy to have a wedding this coming Saturday. So um, more details will be posted here on the, on the Facebook pages as a... Uh, uh, in the coming week here, but just, just overjoyed uh, to have the wedding of uh, uh, Nathan and Kylie, uh, soon to be white, both of them, right, uh, this coming Saturday. Anything that I may have missed in the bulletin? Yes, sir. Yes. Perfect. Excellent. All the more reason to anticipate it. Yes. All right. Uh, so please, as you will, uh, bring sides and desserts, and uh, the protein, as we've been told, will be provided by uh, Mr. Carpenter there. All right. Well, God's blessings to you going on to the coming week, knowing that you are children of uh, Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus, and that we have those wonderful promises of the Lord, uh, the eternal life which awaits us, and the forgiveness, life, and salvation we have even now in his word and sacraments. I'll greet you at the door.